As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. And what's up, Obscurians? It's uh, time for another episode of Obscurity Now, the show where we talk about weird and forgotten pieces of media, and then we decide if they should be remembered or tossed into the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again. Uh, my name is Steve, and with me, he's known as the marker of Tampa, Florida. It's... It's Yael. Uh, how are you doing, Steve? Uh, oh, man, my video is indeed strange uh yeah just and, give uh, me a second i will figure that out um uh, it's okay yeah. but uh, I i'm doing well steve uh yeah. i don't know how i feel about being um in any way <laughs> whatsoever compared to or related to one richard grico's marker uh <laughs> but uh i just you know, imagine yeah. you're you're at the castle and someone comes up and they hand you a pog that's what they hand you it's, oh my uh... god okay i'm back in i'm back in on this <laughs> no they have to hand me a slammer it can't just be like a regular pog like, Ooh, like a, the like slammer a... yeah, even better um because because i gotta admit those markers they look pretty nice there all right i don't know what happened but yeah your uh, your video's back People are just listening to the audio. I'm sure they don't care, but uh, I'm sure they'll be happy to know that we both look beautiful now uh, on uh, mm. on the YouTube pristine. channel. Pristine, I would it's say. It's pristine as one Richard Grieco in Hawaii. Yeah. In fact, I would say, Steve, our video looks UPN ready, uh, <laughs> is how I would describe our video. Great. That's a great way to transition into what we're talking about it today. Is. And it's because uh, I'm sure nobody else is talking about it except for you and me. <laughs> And that is the show, the 90s show, uh, Marker, starring Richard Grieco on uh, UPN. Um, wow, how, how excited are you to be talking about Marker in 2022? I mean, to be honest, I am kind of excited to be, I was excited to be talking uh -huh. about <laughs> Uh-oh, <laughs> foreshadowing. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. no. Well, I, I, I just wanted to make that joke. Right, uh, but, right. Uh, yeah, I'm actually... I. I'll say this: This show definitely leaves a lot to be discussed. Oh, so one hundred percent. I mean, this, I, so. I'm excited just because I know literally no one else is talking about this, and I'm willing to see if anyone else cares here in uh, here in 2022. And also, we're going to be discussing the channel uh, just uh, briefly here. So why don't we just uh, dive into the Obscuratron? Because we, we've got a lot of work to do today. Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> Let's do it. Welcome to your feature presentation. All right, uh, there's it. There he is. There's the marker right there. That's him. Uh, one Richard Grieco. And isn't it weird that the, the name of the character is also Richard? <laughs> Like, yeah, and did you notice that Richard Grieco was also one of the co-writers of the theme song? Oh, no, I didn't see that. Uh, I mean... Oh, I, a few months ago, Stephen, uh, I... And this is before, I, you know, we even discussed doing Marco, because mm -hmm. I don't I don't even think Marco was on our list of stuff to cover, but uh, I went down some weird YouTube rabbit hole, and I ended up 
uh, on Richard Grieco's music channel. He he makes, we'll call it music. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, what uh, what kind of genre is it? Um, it was kind of like I, I only listened to one song, so I mean I don't know what else he does. Mm-hmm. If if you know he's a man of various genres. If, I don't know if there's a genre that can define uh, Richard Grieco. It's Grieco wave, is what it is. Yeah, Greco yeah, Grieco. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was kind of like a, I don't know, like rock, but like it was like kind of bluesy, but really slow and mellow. It's the kind of slow, mellow rock that somebody that can't really sing would would, uh, would do because he can kind of mumble through it. Oh, oh I got gotcha. you. Yeah, it's sort of like indie adult contemporary, if that exists. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. like that. Huh. And like I, I would describe it as not that the guy from the Wallflowers can't sing, but the Wallflowers had a few songs where. He's got a mumbling, right. like, you know, like right. that. Right. So it's kind of, it was kind of like that. And well, uh, the, I mean, it seems like he, he might be able to like hit a few notes here and there, but uh, I think he knows his limitations. Yeah, much like uh, with his acting ability, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, for those uh, who don't know, uh, the UPN was like this uh, new um, channel, like TV channel that appeared in the 90s. It stands for the United Paramount Network. And it was an American broadcast television network that launched January 16th, uh, 1995. The network was originally owned by Chris Craft Industries. Never heard of it. Uh, And uh, United Television and uh, Viacom through its Paramount Television unit, uh, which produced most of the network series, uh, then um, turned the network into a joint venture in 1996 after acquiring a 50% stake in the network and subsequently purchased Chris Kraft's remaining stake in 2000. Oh, my God. There's just so much, uh, you know, uh, espionage going on here. Uh, in December 2005, UPN was spun off to uh, CBS Corporation when Viacom split into two separate companies. CBS Corporation and Time Warner jointly announced on January 24th 2006 that the companies would shut down UPN and competitor the WB to launch a new joint venture network later that year. UPN ceased broadcasting on September 15th, 2006 with the WB following suit two days later. Select programs from both networks were moved to the new network, which we all know as the CW, which is basically part mm-hmm. of Warner Brothers, Discovery, and Paramount Global when it launched September 18th, uh, 2006. So when you heard about UPN like uh, launching, like were, yeah. were you excited? What were your thoughts? I was very excited, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm one of those people like, uh, like I don't know. I like getting in on the the excitement of getting in on the ground sure. floor of something. Yeah, same you know, here. That's exciting, especially when you're like a teenager, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but more than anything, I was excited because the first show on UPN that was like really announced was going to be a new Star Trek show, yep. uh, Star Trek Voyager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the only show on UPN to ever make it a full seven seasons. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, I mean, Marker itself, uh, as we're going to see here in a minute, uh, only made uh, made it to one season. Uh, but uh, yeah. but yeah, um, thirteen episodes. Right, yeah. Much like yourself, I don't know. I I just like uh, trying uh, new and exciting things. And yeah, I saw their like lineup of shows, and I remember seeing uh, like a clip for Marker, and I'm like, oh, that looks that looks fun. And then a uh, Legend and the no- Nowhere Man. Uh, Nowhere Man was cool as hell. I loved Nowhere. Yeah, man. we'll uh, we'll we're definitely gonna get to that one because I have a. F- I mean, I have no opinions on Nowhere Man. <laughs> 
Uh, I can't wait to find out what my opinion right, is. Right, yeah, same here. I can't wait for the internet to give my opinion to me because <laughs> uh, there's nothing I like more than going to websites and people telling me what I should think and who I should vote for. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, jumping into Marker here, it premiered January 17th, uh, 1995, as we said, uh, one season, uh, 13 episodes. Uh, what was your, what's your history with Marker? Um, I definitely watched uh, a few episodes of Marker. Um, I don't think I watched all 13 or anything like that. Um, I know I watched this one because I did. Like, as as it went on, I was like, oh, okay, I remember this plot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's actually, like, a pretty neat concept. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some there's definitely some benefits about it, you know, uh, the way it's set up. Uh, I, I don't know if maybe I should wait for you to go over the description of it, but... With the fact that he gets like a marker every week from somebody with a different problem, it lets you do a lot of different kinds of stories. Right, right. So it's a, I do like that. It's a good uh, premise. And yes, I remember watching a, uh, a few episodes myself. I don't think I caught the pilots. I think I remember uh, going to school and hearing uh, some guy, uh, some kid talk about it's it. Some Greco head yeah. <laughs> uh, on the school yeah, playground. There was a, yeah, on the school playground, there was a gang of kids. They were known as the Greco's. <laughs> and they were like, hey, honeycut. <laughs> You've been uh, you've been watching Marker, and I'm like Marker, what's that? And like you better, we're gonna beat you why, up. <laughs> why are they newsies from the 1920s? But yet Bubba uh, Ray Dudley is also there. <laughs> you, know, you know me, man. All the voices in my head sound like that. Uh, I mean, yeah, all of my impressions turn into Bubba. At right, the right, for sure. For those that don't know, Steve and I were trained as professional wrestlers by. One Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon Hughes, aka the Dudley. That's Boys. right, and soon AEW is going to be calling. You just wait. <laughs> They're going to run. We want the Obscurity Now tag team uh, to go up against the. Uh, oh shoot, who's those guys that I like? The ones who rap. The acclaim. Yeah, that's the, the one. Yeah. Oh, that would that'd be a fun. Yeah, they're great. Yes, yes, they are. Uh, but uh, anyway, jumping in the synopsis here for Marker. Um, basically, this is synopsis for the in, the entire show and basically the first. Wait a minute, Steve. I just saw like. <laughs> I just saw like the ad that you had up on from like a newspaper uh-huh. on the obscure truck for Marker, and next it was an ad for a show called The Watch, which I kind of vaguely recall, but it said like the that he's like the last gigolo, yeah, or yeah, something, something like weird. that, and like. And then it said, like, witness the last seduction or something like that. It's gone from my screen now, so I can't see it. I have to wait for it to come back up. Mm-hmm. But that, we have to come Yeah, the, I don't yeah. remember that at all. But what I like best about it, and it should be popping up any minute, because there's only, like, a few images on, uh, on like, Google search for, for Marker. I mean, there just wasn't very much info at all for Marker. Because, yeah. again, only we're talking about it here on Obscurity. Now, yeah. there it is. Look. Fights, camera, action Tuesday. Like, gosh, that's that's fun. It's uh, should be coming right up. A beautiful girl buried money in the mob. You dig? <laughs> that's the best they could come up with for Marker. At least the watcher over here. Like, I mean, they, they got like two good lines here to get you interested. First, how low can a gigolo yeah. go? It kind of rhymes. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's seductive. Mm-hmm. And then witness his last seduction. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah. I'm already interested. We Is he getting married? Like, I don't know. <laughs> what, what's happening? Is he getting killed? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't really know what the retirement program is like for gigolos. Getting out of the seduction game. Right, right. But uh, yeah, so uh, the uh, marker synopsis is as followed. Richard DeMora has been estranged from his father, a self-made man with a fortune made in the rose-growing business in Hawaii for many years. 
When his father dies, Richard returns home and finds he has been left an unusual legacy by his father, a set of markers. Throughout his life, whenever he encountered someone he considered to be a truly worthy person, Richard's father would give them a marker, accompanied by a promise that it could be called in at any time for any favor that was in his power to grant. Richard decides to take up the challenge, and each week a new marker is called in. And uh, this was uh, created and written by Stephen J. Cannell, who uh, we've dealt with his... Uh, his uh, show before we've dealt, we've with. dealt with him before. Yeah, do you remember the Stephen J. Canal show that we uh, covered? You know, I, I don't. As much as that name just rolls off the tongue, uh, somehow it has hey, not been he's uh, stored. Been in making shows for a long time. I think uh, he's actually uh, dead now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but no, Renegade. He made yeah, Renegade. I, I, I guess you could say he last. He had his last seductive. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Nice, nice. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Renegade, Rockford Files, uh, A-Team. I mean, the list goes on and on. But uh, and, and, and we liked Renegade, actually. Yes, oh, absolutely. And you should definitely yeah, ch- Renegade was good stuff. check out the Renegade uh, episode. Now, uh, this uh, and this was also written by Stephen J. Cannell uh, as well. Um, and uh, this was directed by a man by the name of Dennis Dugan. Um, he, his last thing that he made was called Love Weddings and Other Disasters, which is a 2020 movie. Uh, but prior to that, at the beginning of his career, he was a big TV guy. He directed a Hunter, Wise Guy, <laughs> Love Boat, The Next Wave, which almost sounds like we should cover it. Uh, I remember when yeah. that was on and just thinking it looked terrible. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, surprisingly, he also directed the movie Problem Child and, like, uh, a bunch of Adam Sandler comedies that are also terrible. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, produced by Stephen J. Cannell Productions and Paramount Television. And, uh, why don't you take us through that tasty cast? Alrighty. Um, oh, and sorry for the keyboard clicking. I was doing some last-minute minute research, uh, into one of the actors. But, sure. Uh, anyways. Uh, obviously, first up, we've got the uh, titular, well, I guess he's not really a titular <laughs> character, but uh, Richard Grieco plays Richard DeMora, the main character slash star of the show. Uh, Richard Grieco, I think um, most people, at least from, I guess most people, not just people our age, would probably know him from uh, 21 Jump right. Street. Uh, that's where he and Johnny Depp kind of got their uh, big starts, mm-hmm. or at least like kind of really became well-known. Um, but he's been in a bunch of stuff, and he is still working. Um, he was in uh, Night at the Roxbury, actually. I do oh, remember wow. like, that he plays himself in uh, Night at the Roxbury, I believe. Nice. And like, I think the guys like look up to him or something. <laughs> I, I can't remember Who exactly. Wouldn't? But it was... Who wouldn't? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got like a certain charisma sometimes. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. is uh, It's a little inconsistent, but we'll get to that. <laughs> I, I, I think it varies by how much he enjoys this. <laughs> right, uh, right. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah, so he's been in a bunch of stuff. He he apparently was in some movie that we might need to cover called Dick Dixter <laughs> uh, in 2018. Brilliant. Classy. Brilliant. Uh, but uh, yeah, moving forward, we've got, um, there's a lot of kind, kind of characters on this one, but I'm only going to go over the main ones uh, on this episode. We've got Michael Harris, who's a guest star. He plays Talbot Smith, uh, our bad guy. Mm-hmm. Not sure I would name a bad guy Talbot. It's the lamest Talbot? bad guy name I think I've ever heard, especially since there's so many other people in here who have like colorful, like pulpy names, you know, but whatever. Yeah. So he's also working. Uh, he's got a bunch of credits, uh, 67 credits, but nothing really where I like 
N- nothing that he's particularly known sure. for. A lot of one-offs. Yeah, he was a day uh, player. I doubt we'll ever see him again on another episode of Marker. Yeah. Uh, then we've got um, uh, Nia Peoples, uh, who plays the character of Lisa. I forgot her last name, and so did I. Luna. Lisa Luna. Thank you. Uh, look at that beautiful alliteration. Uh, one thing I liked about her IMDb uh, page is that she wrote her own bio and she admits it. It's the first thing that she put. Oh, that, I really respect that. <laughs> Me too. She, she wrote, I, I wanted to quote it. I've written my own bio. To be honest, it felt more sincere than pretending like I hired some journalist to do a bunch of research and come up with a non-biased presentation. Wow. So here it goes. And then she goes into a bio that uh, you didn't need to tell me. She wrote it. Uh, <laughs> oh. It's very obvious. Very self-complimentary. Oh wow! Um, but anyway, she's been in a bunch of stuff. She was kind of a bit of a deal in the nineties. Mm-hmm, I remember. Um, but again, there's like nothing I can really remember that she like a movie in particular that she really stood out for. Right. She was a uh, re- recurring character in Walker Texas Ranger. Um, she was on The Young and the Restless for a while. And she was in Pretty Little Liars. So maybe like more uh, younger people might know mm-hmm. her from that. But she still got stuff uh, coming out. Uh, and and she wrote a book about uh, all where she interviews all the men that she has, uh, I guess, slept with in her life or had relationships with. Uh, it's a book about her and what she learned through. I assume it's her trashing these guys. <laughs> Do you think she uh, met the Watcher and you know got hit? Maybe she was his maybe, last seduction. Maybe. Oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> and I actually, I mean. In all honesty, judging for her bio, she probably was pretty even-handed about right. it. But who cares? <laughs> uh, then we've got Ken Young, who plays um, Taki Mochidomi, mm-hmm. or they sometimes just call him Moch. Right, Moch. Uh, a couple times, Grieco changes it and calls him Moch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Richard Grieco has no idea uh, of what's going Ken on. No. Yeah. But anyways, uh, Ken Young's been in a bunch of stuff. Again, not someone that you probably really uh, maybe recognize from anything in particular. Um, but yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff, um, including Star Wars Rebels. Um, he was in something with Batman I can't find again. Hmm. Um, anyways, and then last but not least, we've got uh, Save the Best for Last, Stephen, who, and I forgot she was in this till I saw it come up, Gates McFadden, who, of course, everybody knows, everyone, Steve, knows her as Dr. Beverly Crusher in Star Trek. She is still working. Uh, she's got some stuff coming out in 2022. She, uh... Of course, we'll be in season three of Star Trek Picard along with the rest of the next gen cast. Nice. And that is our cast. Are you all right? Here it comes. Ah! Oh no! We've just entered another Star Trek connection. Ah! Yeah, but uh, it was uh, definitely smart of them to cast her hot off the heels of. I mean, TNG was obviously over at this point, right? Or. Uh, yeah, TNG ended in 1994. They aired their last episode. Um, so yeah, it was pretty smart to cast her, especially since UPN was obviously going to be kind of like the, the Star Trek network. Right. Yes. So. And they were, I mean, that's all anyone remembers from UPN, I would say is probably Voyager. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I did like, they had a show called Sparks. Uh, that was a comedy and it, it, it had, um, shoot, I can't remember his name. The guy that played uncle Phil in, um, in Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, hmm. Uh, yeah, that... he was in it. And it was actually a pretty decent show, from what I remember. It was actually pretty fun. Uh, I remember Shasta McNasty, <laughs> that starred. Um, um, uh, what's gosh? He's the crazy guy um, from Lethal Weapon Two with blonde hair. Uh, oh, it's not Gary Busey. It's his son Jake Busey. 
Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. I don't think that one lasted uh, very long uh, either. Uh, <laughs> but neither did. Yeah, I, and I remember Eve had a show, didn't she, on UPN? Uh, the rapper. Oh, Eve? yeah, yeah. It was weird. Like they started out uh, very sort of uh, genre driven, and then kind of moved into the quote unquote urban market, <laughs> which, mm-hmm. which was that that was their term back then, not mine. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, all right. So uh, jumping into the episode here, um, we get the uh, theme song. Um, which I'd say is pretty laid back, you know, representative of, I guess, you know, the beach and uh, Hawaii, I suppose. What were your thoughts on the uh, the opening of Marker? It's like a lullaby for adults. <laughs> it's boring, it's tepid, it's timid. It's certainly not something I would use for an action-oriented uh, show. That is exactly what I wrote. I wrote is laid back. I mean, I, I kind of like it as far as this relaxing to it. But it's exactly. too, it's like an adult too laid back for an action show, for sure. But there are some beautiful shots uh, of Hawaii. Um, actually, I think, yeah, during that and afterwards. Um, all right, so we jump into the show. There's a lot of um, aerial shots of Hawaii. And then we open up with uh, home movie footage, which I guess is supposed to be like Super 8, uh, black and white, of uh, young uh, Richard, <laughs> uh, who's uh, fishing with his dad. And then we get a very... Who, who is shooting this, this, this movie? <laughs> yeah. one, of the, uh, one of the people... Stephen J. Cannell is, I imagine. The, <laughs> the camera is like 50 feet away from right. me. If this is supposed to be like a home Super 8 camera, how is it picking up this crisp sound so far away? Who is filming this? Right, and Again. you know what this, uh, the flashbacks here reminded me of? And especially this opening. And it's another show that we covered. Just take a guess. Uh, with a flash, man, I don't remember. VR Troopers. Oh, yeah. Remember, he had like yeah, flash. Yeah, yeah. I don't. That, that it was so weird that it did, but it did. So yeah, we get a very uh, uninterested voiceover <laughs> of Richard Grieco <laughs> telling us. Richard Grieco is telling the, is doing the voiceover like he just finished listening to the theme song. Right. He is, He's uh, knock, knock, knocking on <laughs> sleep's door. <laughs> like he point. just got out of some Hollywood party. Probably did a lot of coke, and yeah, he's just it's coming down from it. Though he's coming right, down. right. He's like, oh, what? I got to do vo. All right, where's the? He, he was in the in the Viper room with uh, <laughs> Johnny with, Depp. With, with uh, Johnny yeah, Depp. Yeah, He's like, you know, I gotta Phoenix. I gotta sell this thing. Let me introduce you to my uh, new girlfriend, Amber Heard. We're gonna be together forever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think back then he would have been with my Yeah, Rider. it's just a just a joke, that. bro. Just go with it. Okay, bye. <laughs> But you're right. Sorry, I sorry. I'm sorry. We have to be historically accurate. You're right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So he, he tells us that his dad is dead. He didn't really know him. He said in his, li- his life in Jersey, he learned to live with the painful memories. But now he's heading back to his childhood home that he left 20 mm. years ago. And he has to face those painful memories again. And uh, mm-hmm. this is intercut with him uh, sitting on a plane uh, writing in a journal. And uh, then uh, exterior shot, day, um, we get, again, shots of Hawaii as the plane lands. Richard is... Gr- what did you think about this uh, flyover footage? Uh, I mean, typical. It's like, 
pretty shaky. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wasn't it? That's the best they could afford at the time, I guess. This is uh, what twenty years before you could get a drone off of Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I've, I've seen like flyover right. footage that doesn't look that shaky, and uh, I will say I'll give them credit because it doesn't seem like it was stock footage. Yeah, it seems like it was shot new for the show. Like everything matched as far as color grading mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So, <laughs> and video quality. So, it, I. I I remember in Walker how much uh, how much stock footage they would use and Nash Bridges. God, it was I, mm-hmm. even as like a, I don't know thirteen year old. I'm like, what? Like where did, where did that come yeah, from? Yeah, it, it would it would be like going from like a Power Rangers like scene in the diner to like the fight. <laughs> right. and you're like, what? Why does this look so different? Right. So uh, Richard is greeted by Mr. Roshadomi, and I mean, I guess. At first, I was like, is he supposed to be a local? But I guess he just happens to be a, a Japanese dude who, who lives there and who worked with uh, Richard's dad. And he says the funeral is starting soon. Well, I think he's supposed to be Hawaiian. Is is he? I mean, they never... I mean, yeah, you're talking about Mo- Mochu. Yeah. Moch, Mochu, yeah. whatever his... Uh, however Richard Grieco feels like pronouncing it mm, in the current Right, scene. right. Uh, yeah, because, I, I mean, the actor is Hawaiian. Oh, okay. Um, I got gotcha. you. And, and he talks about like Hawaiian lore. Right, a few right. Times, he so. does. I, I don't know. Just the name comes off very Japanese to me. That's all. I mean, that's not to say that. I mean, who knows? Hawaii is probably a very diverse place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, Steve. Let me let me give you the shovel. Please finish burying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could do way worse than that. Uh, no, but but I agree. I I thought like the name uh, to my untrained uh, ear because right. you know I don't I don't know much about. Um, you know the, the 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 naming conventions there. It it did kind of like feel like it might be like Japanese, and I was like, did they maybe not know? I mean, because like, compare like, that guy to Pipeline, whose real name I can't remember. I mean, they're very different. Like Pipeline has got like that local accent. Andy uh, Andy Bu- Bumatai is the guy that plays Pipeline, which I should have mentioned him as well. Oh yeah, how could uh, you forget Pipeline? I sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, you know what's funny is I thought like that was a white guy doing like a Hawaiian local. Oh, know, I knew even back then they, they wouldn't do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he, he's he's actually Hawaiian. Yeah, he's uh, just annoying. That's all. But uh, his IMDb bio is fucking nuts. It is super long, clearly written by him. <laughs> he's he builds himself as uh, Hawaii's first comedian. Oh, oh, first yeah. And, comedian. And, uh, I can tell from his uh, material in this show. Yeah, yeah, he he thinks he's quite the comic genius. Oh, uh, I mean, do you uh, do you have it up, queued up, and ready to go? Should we? I I actually do. Let's hear um, it. It's it's <laughs> his bio is really long. We're not gonna go over this whole thing. Just a little bit <laughs> snippet. But um, I'll, I'll I'll say this. Um, he ends it with um, that throughout all of this, he has retained the qualities of compassion, determination, and honesty that made him a success. It seems that Hawaii's most popular and best loved comic will have all of America laughing with him. <laughs> Not bad for a local boy from Waiyani. Wow. Well, I mean, I probably mispronounced that. Hold on. I got something in my eye. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, we, I, and I also do want to, the, the first couple opening lines. Sure. Too. There is only one Hawaiian, Filipino, French, German comedian in the entire world, and he is Hawaii's first stand up comic, Andy. Uh, Buma, Buma Tai, I'm sure I'm mispronounced that too. A naturally funny and versatile performer. <laughs> and he goes on and on about how great he is and how there's never been a comic force in Hawaii quite like Wow, him. so he's part... Capable oh. of being spontaneously funny anywhere, anytime. <laughs> according to him. So he's part Filipino too. Wow, he 
He makes yeah. my son look not diverse in the slightest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, back to the show. Uh, I mean, we could read more yes. about <laughs> Andy Pumatai later if you want. I'm closing these bios. Uh, I'm actually, I'm going to start a fan club or join it, apparently. I'm sure he runs yeah, his you, own you'd fan club. you be joining club. it with the rest of Hawaii. Right, and the uh, rest of America, <laughs> apparently. All right, so uh, a woman who was later revealed to be Lisa Luna uh, knocks on a door. She asks if her... Uh, uh, actually, she just goes, Darlis, are you in there? And <laughs> I thought Darlis was a pretty uh, interesting name, and that uh, it's later revealed to be her sister. Uh, she then gets in a Jeep, and the uh, aforementioned thug Talbot grabs her, like uh, he was basically waiting in the back seat, and then he asks her where Darlis is. Uh, she uh, honks the horn of the Jeep, signaling a nearby cop, and they uh, frighten Talbot away and pursue These him. These are the two greatest street cops ever. Oh, oh, I was getting to that. I mean, especially, I mean, they have to be, I don't know, maybe real cops because their acting is so bad. No, they're they're trained by Richard Grieco. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean I say he he he's a little bit better than them. No, he is, uh, he is. But uh, but uh, yeah, but dude, it, they pursue him on foot and he gets away. And I actually uh, I liked the music during that chase scene. I mean it wasn't the best, but I thought it was pretty good. It's uh, certainly better than the uh, theme song. But Steve, <laughs> all she does is like honk mm-hmm. like twice, yells help, and this cop car is like driving by. Yeah. Um, and I don't even think they had their windows down, but somehow they hear her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, somebody honking it could be could mean anything. It could be anything. See, but they figure like she needs help. They come around. They whip around, and they immediately just take off chasing after the other guy on foot. <laughs> and the other guy comes up to her car. It's like, oh, let me help you. Yeah, it was a little convenient. But see, this is what you don't understand about Hawaii. Hell, nobody honks their horn unless it's absolutely like a life or death situation. Oh, so, I see. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess I'm yeah, idiot, yeah. So, uh, and the thing that I love how our, the, the cops are so diligent here, but as you're about to see, I guess the cops in Hawaii just, they don't give, they don't have a F to give. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the detectives apparently don't care. Right, right. So Lisa tells the cops that she already reported her missing sister to the police, uh, but they said, oh, she's just a junkie. <laughs> But Lisa goes, she's not a junkie. She just fell in like with the wrong guy. And then the cop re- replies in the most uh, like poorly way possible, I'm just a patrolman, and leaves. Um, and yeah. <laughs> You'll have to talk to a detective. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Like, if the acting would have been that bad across the board, then this probably would have been a much more entertaining episode. Uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, so uh, now we're inside a limo. Uh, Richard Grieco slash uh, Richard Demora changes his shirt. This is one of many uh, clothes changing scenes that we are treated to throughout the episode uh, of both Richard and uh, Lisa Luna, as you'll see moving forward. Uh, you know, you got to give the ladies and, and the men what they want. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Richard says he's leaving first thing in the morning. And uh, Notch says he needs to talk to Richard about something else uh, later on. Um, <laughs> any thoughts about that scene? I mean, how aroused were you during the first of many shirt changing scenes? Yeah, it was very weird, too, because Richard Grieco tells um, 
uh, the uh, guy, what's his name again? Notch. Taka, Taki Mach, uh, yeah. Domi Mach. Mm-hmm. He tells him, uh, it's okay, I trust you, as he's changing. Right, right. Uh, which is like, <laughs> what's he going to do? Like, like take a snap a picture and post it on Instagram? <laughs> Not in the 90s, buddy. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe MySpace. <laughs> yeah, maybe AOL. Uh, AOL keyword Richard's chest. I don't know. Like, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's like, oh. I trust you. Not like the other like uh, guys. My dad not like had those. Uh, not like those. Uh, those pe- those guys that have been stalking me. The Greek freaks, as I call them. <laughs> you mean that gang that I encountered back in high school? Yeah. Uh, Greekos freakos. That's the <laughs> name of his. Uh, <laughs> that's good. His, uh, so good. Uh, his fan club. Yeah. So uh, cut to uh, Lisa once again looking for her sister. She um, uh, at, at her house, I guess. She opens a drawer. Oh no, she, Lisa's at her house. She uh, finds uh, the marker in a uh, in a cabinet, um, and that is uh, how. I mean, you already described the marker pretty well as like a uh, as a slammer or a pog, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, could you uh, paint an even more detailed uh, picture for the listeners? Yeah. So, so the marker, it's kind of like this circular glass thing. Uh, it's got kind of like a. Uh, I don't know, like like little rose? etched. Yeah, it's yeah. got like an etched rose in the mm-hmm. middle of it, and then a number. And the first marker that we see is marker number two hundred eighty-five. Yeah. Jesus Christ! They expected this show to go on for a long, how long time. How many? How many <laughs> favors did his dad do that he like? Because the whole premise is like, oh, his dad, you know, gave these out when he couldn't uh, return a favor or somebody did something for him. He couldn't like pay them back in some way immediately or whatever. Right. It's like an IOU. Sure. Uh, but his dad was already like Phil, it was like a billionaire. Right, he should have just so thrown like, a bunch of money at him and called it a yeah, day. That's yeah. like, yeah, you sort of have to go with the premise. Um, right. But uh, but yeah, I have a um, sort of a theory that the uh, like the marker count is almost like the Goldberg winning streak count. You know how every week it would just get bigger and bigger, right? <laughs> despite right, only right. having a few matches. But right, uh, right. yeah, so. Uh, like, like, he just wanted people to find his ledger and have him think that he was a great guy. Yeah, it would have really only threw out a couple of them, yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, now uh, we are outside in the day for a good old-fashioned funeral. Um, and um, uh, I don't think I have her, her name here. Oh, her name is uh, Kimba, who is Gates McFadden, uh, meets Notch. And uh, as Richard looks on, Kimba tells Rich that she feels... Uh, oh, as they're looking at the, um, the casket... Kimba, I guess, tries to confide in Rich and tells him that uh, she feels empty and asks Rich if he, and uh, he, like, doesn't react at all. And she asks him if he feels anything. And he says, I'm out of here, but not as uh, excited as the way I just delivered it. Right. Uh, So now we're back with uh, Lisa Luna. um, Or actually, she shows up and gives Rich the marker and asks for help. And he's all like, uh, uh, like, you know, what kind of friend were you really to my father? Implying that she's, uh, you know, uh, gets around. <laughs> she doesn't take uh, too <laughs> kindly to that and just gets angry and leaves. Now we're at a really nice uh, office with, uh, once again, with Kimba and Notch uh, and uh, Rich. And Notch reads the will of um, Rich's dad. Basically, he leaves everything to uh, Kimba, who is basically the, uh, is, she's the second wife. Um, of... Well, I don't think he was ever married to uh, Rico's mom. Like, mm-hmm. cause like, 
Doctor, I, I'm by the way, as far as I'm concerned, Marker is actually <laughs> a TNG episode centered on Beverly Crusher. She's trapped <laughs> it, in 1995. It all takes and, place in the holodeck, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, even better. It's just an elaborate holodeck fantasy mm-hmm. of hers where she gets to be a real bitchy stepmom. I liked seeing her as a bitch. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, no, she's a great actress, mm-hmm. and uh, she didn't off- always get a lot to do in um, Star Trek uh, Next Gen, mm-hmm. so it's, it's good to see her uh, getting uh, to play something different here. But uh, what was the question? <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was basically saying, oh, the question was uh, like that um, Kimba wasn't, uh, like, was like uh, Rich's dad's, like, oh, second oh, oh. wife or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah, because... Um, at one point, uh, Dr. Crusher says that she uh, something about how her his dad and his mom had like a one night hmm. tryst or something. Right. That, so it sounds like it was just like a like a one night stand. How low thing. can a gigolo go? Mm. <laughs> uh, all right. Gotcha. So, yeah, basically, um, Rich's dad was a player. Much like, uh, you know, one could assume Richard Grieco probably is. Uh, he's probably hanging out with uh, Kevin Sorbo, going to church together or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so now. I got to get us to do some young, and the church is a great place to do it, I've heard. I don't know. <laughs> but, so basically, in this scene, we uh, discover that um, uh, Rich's dad uh, left him some property, um, despite leaving everything else to. Uh, Dr. Crusher, if you want to call her that. Yes. So uh, now we are uh, we uh, in the limo again. Uh, Kimbo and Rich uh, enter a very opulent mansion. Uh, basically, I guess we're seeing the uh, the property that was left here. Um, first, uh, Kimba says that this was hers, um, like the mansion. And then uh, she offers to buy uh, Rich's property from him, which we still haven't seen it yet. Then uh, Rich has a flashback to fishing with Dad, and the man that Super Eight, the fake Super Eight millimeter is so creepy. Like the, yeah, the black and yeah. white, it's uh, yeah, very like uh, stag film or um, mm-hmm. what, what are they called? Yeah, I think that's what they're called. But uh, yeah, so he's uh, fishing with Dad again, and there's sad piano music playing, uh, which reminded me of when. Um, uh, the pretender used to like gaze, you know, at the uh, at the kids or whatever, and the yeah, yeah, would remember yeah. something. Uh, also, see that see that episode as well. It's great. Um, so uh, yeah, I wrote that's totally cheesy, but whatever. It was the mid '90s. Um, so yeah. Rich walks into what looks like a Swiss Family Robinson style like shack on the beach, and uh, as a uh, surfer who is uh, later revealed to be Pipeline, looks on, and the guy just sort of like monologues to no one uh, in in like the sort of local Hawaiian surfer slang that, uh, oh, like, what does he say? Like, oh, why somebody go into my shack or something along those lines? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like, I mean, I, I know like a few like people that are natives from Hawaii, and uh, I mean, they don't, they, he's really playing it up. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, you know, uh, at least based on the people I've met, you know, I'm mm. like, I don't know. Right. right. So uh, now we are uh, back with uh, Rich. Rich has a drink uh, with Notch and Rich asks Notch how much the property is worth. Uh, because, yeah, at this point, um, Rich still is uh, he's just ready to get on with his life. He wants to go back to Jersey and be a carpenter. 
Uh, Notch says uh, he shouldn't sell and tells him how the markers work. He's saying, like, this is his dad's way of trying to reach out, like, from beyond the grave to touch <laughs> Richard, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and uh, and then, yeah, I've, I put here that in, in this particular scene, there's very little emotion from one uh, G- Richard Greco. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And uh, Notch says he's authorized to pay Rich $800 a month and tries a week. Uh, oh yeah, a week and tries to talk him into taking up the markers. Um, and uh, by the way, eight hundred dollars a week. Uh, I know it's nineteen ninety five, but his dad's a multimillionaire. <laughs> I mean, that's not like I don't know. I would expect a ton of, especially since you know these situations that uh, the markers, you know, the, the people that need help. Some these are like extreme situations. Right. It's going to require a lot of uh, money and time on resources. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like so weird. Right. That's like eight hundred dollars a week for my son. That I really want to reconnect with him. Right. And, well, uh, he, he gets a free house out of it. That's something. Even though and he gets a shack, right. Steve. <laughs> but it's with, with no. As we and we find out later, there's no indoor plumbing. Right. Well, it's supposed to. I don't know put him in touch with like the the local hawaiian color and the um what is it they always talk about the elder spirits of hawaii i I guess like why couldn't he get like a well i guess uh, we see why he uh or what happens at the end um you know with the whole shack ordeal so uh yeah and we'll talk about it uh then but uh so yeah rich then um so basically it's sort of left on a cliffhanger there rich still hasn't agreed or you know, completely turned down the whole marker situation. He then uh, enters uh, the surf shack, let's just call it that. Yeah. And he trips over uh, the aforementioned uh, pipeline, who's uh, uh, just, I guess, sleeping on the ground. And he takes a swing at him, and Rich just throws him out of the house, uh, which is uh, pretty fun. Yeah. Um, now we're uh, back with uh, Kimba. Rich um, approaches her as she uh, is uh, painting, like, I don't know, some sort of naked man or something. She once again asks if Rich is going to sell the property. Rich asks for a million dollars, which uh, in the previous scene, which I forgot to mention, that's what uh, Mooch said it was worth. Yep. Um, and um, they have a sort of little uh, back and forth, a bit of little witty repartee. And uh, Kimba says that she'll talk to, to Mooch, uh, but then and then Rich asks to borrow a car, uh, which, you know, in her uh, bitchy way, told him to uh, go rent one. But uh, right. he ends up giving him a. Oh, he then threatens to just sell it to someone else, the property, and then she changes her tune. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I wish I had property to like threaten people into doing things for me. It's like I, 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 I'm gonna sell that thing unless you. Uh, Make me a drink right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, any uh, any uh, comments on that scene? Um, not really. Uh, it's weird that like, well, I guess maybe it's not weird that like the car she gives him is a Jeep. Uh, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense for the island, right? I mean, it, something like- also, I mean, are you getting a sense of kind of like what uh, marker is kind of a, a derivative of at this point? No, no. Oh I, I, no. I oh, bro, this is a. I don't want to say the term low rent. I, it's, I would say it's two shows to possibly three. Could, you want to take a guess or you want me to just tell you? Um, yeah, you just tell me because I have Number no Number one, problems. first and foremost, it's Magnum PI, but it's also trying to uh, get in on the whole sort of uh, Baywatch slash Thunder in Paradise, uh, you know, 
beach uh, bodies kind of thing going on. Yeah, so I, I can kind of see that because actually when the theme song first started, I thought it was going to be like a rip-off Thunder in Paradise slash Baywatchy kind of song, mm-hmm. but but then like it turns into a lullaby. Yeah, but uh, I mean, but you definitely get the uh, <laughs> lullaby. But you definitely get the Magnum PI vibe, right? Oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I can definitely see that, and, and uh, you know, they... and sadly, Tom Selleck is a little bit more, a little bit better actor than old Richard Grieco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Richard Grieco, you know, Tom Selleck had the mustache. Richard Grieco has those finely manicured eyebrows. Oh, I thought you were gonna say those uh, those cheekbones. <laughs> oh, I, I honestly. It's hard for me to like see past his uh, his eyebrows. <laughs> and he uh, always had that spiky hair going on in the '90s for a long time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he grew it out later on. I think it was after this, but he grew it kind of long. They, basically, I think he was like, "What's Johnny Depp's hair doing? <laughs> he seems to be doing well. Let, let me let me do that." Right. He, he's a hair based actor, uh, Richard Grieco. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, at least he's still working one way or the other. So yeah, good uh, for him. Yeah. So then uh, Rich um, talks to uh, Pipeline and uh, back at the shack or on the beach, and it appears that they're sort of friends. Uh, Pipeline talks about the, uh, the dead ancestors, and this is how he sort of um, justifies him staying in the shack, that somehow it's his, like, dead ancestors' property, mm-hmm. um, which I think, I mean, this sounds like something that probably is like a... Uh, kind of a hot button topic in Hawaii, uh, you know, since they were all invaded and everything. Um, but uh, I don't know. I guess it was good of them to sort of work it into the script, although I don't really yeah. know how effective it was since it was delivered in the most annoying way possible. <laughs> yeah, and it was delivered in a way that it makes um, uh, the, oh, my goodness, was it Pipeline kind of look like an asshole? Oh, and yeah. like crazy for thinking this there's that and he's also sort of like the typical sleazy local um right right yeah. so i don't know like it's not the best <laughs> representation yeah <laughs> right yeah, for right. sure uh so uh so yeah this is where rich says that he was actually technically born in hawaii and then rich uh asks a pipeline about lisa luna and this is where they say that she's like a champion uh, surfer and everybody knows her. Blind, and, sh- and for some reason, she's blind in her left eye. I, that never really plays into the, the script in any way. They just want us to know because I, I guess they refer to her as Lisa Left Eye sometime, which I mean, shouldn't yeah. she just go join TLC at that point? Or, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that was weird, too, because like TLC was, I think, already a thing, right? right in 1995. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think of is like, you know, they wanted to add some sort of like pulpy elements into it. Like she can't, I mean, Lisa Luna already is like a cool sort of comic book sounding name. I mean, why does she also have to be Lisa Left Eye Luna? That's right. <laughs> it was definitely because it's an L thing. Right. Uh, right. An, an L word. I, I, I mean, I think, uh, um, Canal or whatever was uh, trying to be a little too clever. Um, it, it was such a weird like explanation too, like as to why she has the marker and like why her name is Left Eye or whatever her nickname. Oh, because, like, oh, wait, no, it does play because that's she lost her um, side in her left eye while she was saving Rich's dad. Duh. Like, no, 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 not his dad. His dad's friend. Oh, right, right, right. Man, it's so and convoluted. It's, a, it's a convoluted story where they're like. Her, I remember that like she says that her Richard's dad's friend calls her a yellow bitch, <laughs> right? And then later, no context really given as to why. Mm. I'm not that that's going to be excusable in any scenario, right? Anyway, right. But 
Uh, but we don't know like what the con what, what was happening. But then later on, I guess like the same day, like I know this is a later scene. We're kind of getting ahead, but uh, Richard, who, we never find out his name, I don't think. But Richard's dad's friend, mm -hmm. the racist, uh, <laughs> is like surfing. David and Duke. He, David Duke. Yeah, David Duke. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, David Duke like crashes into like a rock or something, mm -hmm. and he's like gonna drown. Lisa sees him. She goes and saves him. Keeps his head above water. Right. Until uh, she gets know, smashed oh, up against the rock. She's because the one of the that waves. gets smashed up against yeah. the rock. Yeah, yeah, he's like drowning, and then. Somehow, uh, I guess the rescue people got there just as that happened, and right. they rescued both of them. But yeah, I guess her dad's like, "Oh, Why I owe you for saving my racist friend." Why couldn't it have just been the friend. dad? Like my mind made it to where it was him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I, I, the reason why they did it is because so like it's for a couple reasons. Because Richard's dad was making a deal with this racist guy, but once he finds out that he said that racist thing, Richard da Richard's dad, even though it was going to be a huge deal and very profitable for him, out of right. principle, right, right. he calls off the deal. Mm -hmm. Because uh, he's like, oh, well, I didn't know you were racist. I'm not going to work with a racist. And he pays all of Lisa's bills. Right, because they're trying to show what a great guy Richard's dad is, even though he thinks that he's trash since he was never around. Yes. Right. All right. Well, right. how dare I? However, <laughs> however, he says that he's never around, but he also talks about how Richard's dad used to visit him in New Jersey. Yeah, take him to baseball games. Yeah. I mean, it and sounds like you're... You know, typical divorced dad scenario. You know, yeah, until like the markers he lives in Hawaii, come so he's not going to come all the time. Right, right. You know, I'm sure because of how much money, how rich he was, he was probably paying quite a bit in child support <laughs> so, too. So what you're saying, you hell, is that Richard is just your typical bitter Gen Xer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he's mad that his dad wasn't around. I mean, I guess his dad probably could have been around more. Right. You know, he could probably afford to fly. Hey. You got to let, let a player play, baby. <laughs> I would have loved to have had like a rich dad that lived halfway across the globe that I right. barely had to see. So you could, been great. you could take the money and go to the castle every single night. <laughs> exactly. I'll buy my own castle. <laughs> uh, for those uh, that don't know, the castle is like a goth club in yeah, Tampa, it's, Florida. It's a hell's that, hunting ground. <laughs> that, I, uh, that I have frequented many times. <laughs> Uh, all right, moving on here. Um, so, uh, all right, we see Lisa surf on some waves, and I thought we were going to get some <laughs> Surf Nazis Must Die style surf, um, uh, you know, footage here. And they had a little bit. I feel like they wanted to do more, but just didn't have time. Or yeah, because Nia, Nia can can surf. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really her doing the surfing, and she's pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, she was she was really good in this role, actually. I wonder if yeah. she comes back in any of the other episodes, or if this is just a one and done for her. But um, I'll find that out for you. Yeah, all right. So uh, Rich and Lisa walk and talk on the beach, and then we get our second, um, or it's transitioning into our second clothes changing dialogue scene. First, Lisa showers off. Then Rich uh, offers his uh, help to Lisa. I mean, again, he's not he's not phased by any showering or anything like that because he's Richard Grieco, Mr. Smooth. Uh, <laughs> Lisa tells Rich about her sister and how she was attacked. Uh, Lisa then tells Rich that she uh, basically everything you hell just told you about uh, saving his dad's uh, racist friend, David Duke. <laughs> <laughs> and then ending up getting smashed up against the rocks, uh, blah, blah, blah. And that's how she got uh, the marker. Then she gives Rich a picture of, um, of her sister. And he's like, all right, I'll see what I can do. And this has got to be, uh, I mean, as a carpenter, I mean, I, I guess I, 
I understand, like, maybe how he would feel, uh, you know, obligated. And, again, this is a job, but he doesn't have any, like, PI or security skills or anything right. like that. I mean, I guess he's – and they sort of play off that, that he's just yeah, a regular yeah. guy trying to figure it out. But, I mean, I just – I'm just trying to think, like – what anyone else would do in that situation. It's like, oh, you want me to follow weirdos around and try to yeah, find... And, and I, I do have... I'm sorry, Steve, I cut you it's off. Okay. But um, I have a one problem with the premise. I, I know earlier I said I, like, I think this is a great premise for uh-huh. a show, and I do think it's a great premise. However, the execution is a little weird. Sure. So why not be like, <laughs> hey, uh, in the will, why didn't Richard's dad say, hey, you can have... Because they have a strange relationship, right? They mm-hmm. talk about it nonstop. So there's no reason for his dad to think that his son, Richard Grieco, is going to take up these markers. Right, right. So why not be like, hey, you can have $2 million, but for you to have it, you have to, you know, take up these marker quests whenever somebody approaches you with one. Um, so it's very weird because, like, go ahead, sorry. I can see, I can see you're, you're chomping at the, see, uh, at the bit to, I, to chime in. That way makes more sense, but they want, um, they want rich to be doing it for the good of doing it and not for money, uh, which I'd say is a very sort of 80s noble sort of action hero kind of uh, quality that they would have in these uh, types of shows. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I do agree that that's what they were going for. So uh, Rich then uh, breaks into Darlis's apartment. Um, and, uh, like, why couldn't... Uh, What's her name? Do this herself. I mean, I guess the, the idea is that maybe that Talbot guy is uh, could possibly be waiting for her, like last time, uh, yeah, because guess. he is indeed in there waiting with a gun, and uh, ends up uh, pistol whipping Rich uh, for the first time. Uh, what did you think about their uh, interaction? I mean, it was uh, like Richard Grieco starts making excuses as to why he's there. I guess he's like saying he's there for some construction related thing or something. See, I like that because at least it plays off his like, you know, his old role as a carpenter. Um, Exactly. I like that. Yeah. And by the way, do you think it's a coincidence that they made him a carpenter like Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) So what you're saying is uh, Richard Damore is a Christ like character. Who's uh, I, yeah? He's apparently. being reborn as the marker. Wow! Whoa! Yes. You're blowing my mind here. I love it. And, and, and by the way, earlier uh, you were wondering if Nia Peebles' character of Lena Lou uh, comes back. Uh, she's only in one other episode. Okay. And the episode uh, is called um, Snowballs. Well, what is it? I, I, I got to read this to you. Snowballs in Hawaii. Hmm. And um, the description it makes me wish we had watched this episode oh, instead. Oh boy. Richard is tasked to find a bickering couple's schnauzer. However, someone is killing people to get at this dog as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, we can always revisit it, man. Just make sure you, we'll have to add it to the list for sure. Like, like, why are you using your marker, which you can use to get any favor to find your dog? I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe there's a great reason. Maybe the dog ate a diamond or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so now uh, Rich comes to and he's tied to a palm tree. Um, Talbot, basically, he's like, you know, unhinged. He uh, calls Darlis a slut. Um, she asked, he asks Rich where Darlis is. That's all he cares about is where Darlis is. Yeah. Uh, Rich uses his cunning to talk uh, Talbot away. Then some nearby bikini girls untie um, Rich, and we can only assume that they had a three-way right there on the yeah. beach. Yeah, the funny thing is, like, he calls them. They're, like, walking down the beach. He calls them mm-hmm. over. And they're like, 
can you guys <laughs> untie me? And they're not like appalled or concerned. Hey, there's this guy that's been tied up. He's bleeding right. uh, from the side of his head. Uh, they think he's and- cute. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And all they do is giggle towards each. They look at each other and they giggle. The mm-hmm. the, the two girls, and then mm-hmm. I guess off camera they untie them and you know have have sex with them. Right. Uh, we <laughs> right. have to of assume, course. but uh, of yeah. And by the way, the I, it's funny. Richard Grieco and this guy that plays Talbot, they actually have the most chemistry out of anybody on the show. Like there's a little scene where they're they're having their back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. and like he's like uh, Talbot asked Richard. Do you think I'm crazy? She thinks I'm crazy, and he's like, "No!" Like the way he's like, "No, no, no, stress, maybe." Yeah, <laughs> it's actually kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, when when he has to play, you know, sort of like sarcastic, I don't know, kind of anti-hero, he can do that. It's when he has to play a regular dude, he's not very good. Yeah, at. I suspect that Richard Grieco is a bit of like an aloof, hammy kind of guy in real life, probably. Mm-hmm. And like he, because he seems to do that pretty naturally. So aloof, hammy. We wouldn't know anything about that here on Obscure. No, we would now. not. No, we would not. <laughs> so uh, uh, this, all right, this is like the weirdest sort of like transition and to, and a way to start a scene that doesn't really make any sense. I guess they felt like they needed more um, uh, comedy or something. So we cut to the next scene. And you see this like pink, you know, uh, the, someone's swimming in the beach and they're wearing like a pink, uh, what are they called? Skull cap, like swimming. Yeah, cap, yeah it's like a skull cap that like professional swimmers put their hair under to uh, right. make them more. And this one hair. has like a, a flower in it and it's rich. Yeah. And he uh, he swims up like the beach and Lisa Luna is there. And uh, she's like, nice hat. And he's like, I have to wear it because my head was bleeding. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, I got eight stitches. So the doctor told me uh, I couldn't get them wet. They're still going to get wet, buddy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there were no other like a swimmer's caps, like a black one or one that wasn't pink. I, I've got a theory as to why he's actually really wearing the skull cap, Steve. Do tell. They wanted him in the water. Mm-hmm. Show him shirtless, right? Sure, going for that whole Bay watch thing. However, Richard Grieco appears to be like losing his hair or it's thinning or something. Oh, the, yeah. And I think, you know, it was probably going to look worse or like more like like obvious that his hairline is like thinning mm-hmm. or whatever if he got it wet. So I think either they or Richard himself was like, well, I don't want my hair to be wet. Right. Um, All right. That's it's kind of like how um, what's his name? Always wears a hat now. Um, the guy who was in. um Better off dead. Uh, gosh, I'm so bad with names. Yeah, I don't know who that uh, is. I'll but, think uh, of it later. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I could be wrong on that because, I mean, even now in recent pictures or certainly later pictures after the show, like, he still has hair. Mm-hmm. He, maybe he just has, like, a weird hairline. So I, right. I don't know. Yeah, he's maybe, got the, maybe he got a replacement. The receding hairline. That's what it is. Uh, so, wow. But, but you know what's crazy? Like, even his, that's even his hairline now. So hmm. maybe that's just his hairline. Right. It's the Greco hairline. So maybe uh, I'm wrong. Adam. But anyway. interesting theory nonetheless. Uh, so now, uh, once again, we get another clothes changing scene. And Richard is the one changing in front of Lisa. Uh, he says he canceled his trip so he could stay and help her. Lisa tries to convince Rich that um, his dad was a nice person. Basically, they have a, another conversation about Rich's dad. And he you know, still thinks he's a... A sleaze bag. Uh, then um, Pipeline shows up. He brings this uh, massive, like a thug guy, to kick Rich out of his own house. 
the name of the thug is Deadlift. If anyone was ca- just a you know really fun sort of pulpy name. Yeah. Uh, he uh, pushes Rich down and he hits his head like again. Uh, it's pretty messed up uh, since he just had stitches and everything. Yep. Uh, then uh, Lisa tells Richard Rick- Rico has had uh, his character gets like three concussions basically yeah. <laughs> uh, throughout this episode. Right. Yeah. Lisa tells Rich more stuff about spirit elders. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, all that stuff does play into the theme of Marker and this, the you know, in this pilot, like. Sure. For... <laughs> so uh, Rich and, and Lisa then drive uh, in the Jeep while being followed. Um, uh, did I not write down, or uh, is it later, where uh, Rich realizes that um, Pipeline not uh, stole the uh, the tires off the Jeep and replaced them with cheaper ones? Oh, isn't <laughs> that later? Uh... Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. Uh, but it's so ridiculous. Uh, so yeah. Lisa asks why Rich and his father didn't get along. He says he hated that his father only stopped by occasionally to take him to freaking baseball games. I mean, he should be grateful for that. Like, the, the funny thing is, like, here's, like, this scene is a great example of Richard Grieco. Per- and, and I got to be honest. I haven't seen a lot of Richard Grieco's work. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. He may be, like, you know, may, maybe he had, like, an off show uh, <laughs> <laughs> or something. But um, he, like, doesn't seem to know what part of the sentence he should be right. sure that he in- was excited about. because. Right. When he says that his dad picked him for the limousine, he says the limo part like like it was nothing, right? Like, like he got picked up in, a, in an 85 cent Nissan Sentra. Mm-hmm. But when he says that his dad bought him hot dogs, which you would assume is a much more common occurrence in young Richard Grieco's life, he gets super excited. He's no. like, oh, my dad would pick me up in a limousine, take me to a baseball game, and we'd get hot dogs. Like, <laughs> Well, all right. You can say that, you know, in a lot of pilots – People, you know, actors, they they haven't really grown into the role yet. But at the same time, I think I think he's just not that great of an actor. I mean, I've seen him in like some uh, B action movies, um, mm-hmm. and I mean, he's got it, a lot of those. yeah, I mean, and it's just that's just as good as he is, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, so, somebody prove me wrong. Tell me, uh, tell me which. Richard Grieco, like, is his breakout role that no one is talking about. His, well, uh, wasn't he in 20... When he was, maybe we should cover 21 Jump Street, actually. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be pretty uh, interesting. Yeah, actually, we, I'm going to add that to the list. But I want to say... I didn't watch it religiously, but I remember watching a few episodes. I want to say his character was kind of a sarcastic, bad boy, aloof kind mm-hmm. of character. And I, and I bet he played that well. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it went a long way towards tricking people into thinking he could act. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, some people only, you know, don't have range. That's his thing. Like, he just doesn't really have range. I mean, hey, he's a better actor than me. So, hey, I mean, I, I've got no room to talk. Oh, I don't know, man. We're going to get you. We're going to get you a vehicle here soon. <laughs> <laughs> some, the, when we make the Obscurity Now movie, you know, you're going to be... You're, we're gonna have you crying on camera. I would you, like to play Richard Grieco. You're gonna go full dong, whether you want to. Or, it's set five changing scenes for you. Oh wow! Yeah, five. Oh, well, I have been working out. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. All right. So they go to um, the swimsuit factory where Darlis worked. Um, a manager type tells Rich that they were going to fire Darlis because her work just wasn't good. And then once again, uh, someone questions uh, Darlis and her uh, drug usage, and that makes Lisa very angry. Well, um, someone, Richard. 
Yeah, yeah, right. It's Richard, uh, and he finds a card um, for a realtor company, um, and then uh, they walk outside, and then I think there's... I I thought the episode was gonna end right here. <laughs> I I really thought because it, because it, it, the whole thing is like we gotta find uh, Darlis, we gotta mm-hmm. find Darlis, and literally Richard Grieco like finds a card for like a realtor, right? And then he's like, oh, it's a realtor card, and then the next scene. It's so weird because I guess Richard Grieco called a realtor away right. from Lena Lou. Right, right. I was gonna say it's a um it's a time jump. Like uh they, they just show them walking out of the um the swimsuit factory. So you can assume that maybe he grabbed a phone and called the uh the number on the card. Right. Uh but yeah, it's uh it is a little weird though. Yeah. Um I mean and I get having um Lena was that her name? I can't even remember. Lisa. Uh Lisa asking him uh what the realtor said you know because for the audience right, right for us to, like hear what the yeah. realtor said so i totally get that yeah but uh, yeah so lisa's like what did the realtor say and, and he's like oh uh the realtor said that uh darlis uh rented a house for a month uh, uh like in this area or whatever right. like what kind of realtor is just giving out this information <laughs> I know. again as we've established He's just a carpenter. He's not a private investigator. Right, He's right. not well, a police he is, officer. He can be very charming. Maybe he just charmed the pants off this yeah, realtor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess, I guess so. But um, <laughs> a little troubling. Right, uh, right. The funny thing is that if you were to do marker now in like 2022, it's like the answer to all these problems is the internet. <laughs> like yes, you wouldn't yes. even have to leave a room. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Lisa, then Lisa and Rich uh, flirt a bit. Um, then they go to Darlis's place and she's just there sitting on the beach, relaxing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I, someone who's not afraid that there's a stalker after her. Right. Yeah. It was, uh, it wasn't a very good introduction to a character that we've been talking about the whole time. And yeah, like she didn't care. Like I'm just, it's more important for Darlis to work on her tan than to fear for her life. But Hey, yeah. maybe that's the kind of girl she is. Um, and you know, like I'm sure this beach house that she's renting has like a phone why didn't you just ask for the phone number from the realtor i know i know but because then, by finding her right they put her in danger as i think you're about to yeah uh, exactly and then we get another clothes changing scene this time darlis is the one putting clothes on and i wrote everyone is constantly getting dressed in this show <laughs> and then <laughs> uh then they're going to get in the the car and then uh talbot shows up with a gun and forces the sisters into the trunk, and then uh, and then again they kind of make fun of it. Uh, Rich goes, "What are you gonna do? Like, pistol whip me again?" And that's exactly what happens. I don't know. It could be seen as funny. It could also be seen as lazy writing. That's uh, up to the viewer to decide. This whole scene is so weird. From the moment that like they arrive at Darlis's house mm-hmm. to the moment that they uh, Talbot kidnaps Lisa and Darlis. Richard Grieco and Lisa show up, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, Darlis doesn't seem to give a fuck one way or the other. Right, right. Um, but I guess they're like, we got to get out of here. Why? Why do they have to get out? Why do they need right. to Right, why couldn't away? they just stay there? Um, yeah, you couldn't even find her. Right. If it wasn't for this, like, realtor that doesn't give a shit about, like, everyone's privacy, she would have been fined there for at least 30 days. But whatever. They're going to leave. Talbot shows up. And nobody seems that scared that he's there. Right, or the fact uh, that he has a gun. 
yeah, like 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 the women aren't bothered. Richard doesn't I mean, seem he, to like. Yeah, I mean, bother. he should be. I mean, worried. I mean, everyone should be worried. Uh, yeah, this guy's <laughs> got a gun, and right. they and keep talking about how he hangs out with killers, how he's unhinged. But see, hell, this is what you just don't understand. Everyone's just so laid back in Hawaii that a man <laughs> with a gun just isn't even a concern. They're just like, oh, whatever, brother. I'm just gonna yeah, go. And tell- Go ahead, sorry. I'm just going to go surfing. Like, you, you do what you need to do with your gun. Um, and when Talbot tells... I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. Sorry. I'm done, I'm done. Well, when Talbot tells these women to get... The, the girls to get in the in the trunk of his, like, 1975 whatever, mm-hmm. um, he tells one of them to watch their head. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think... I think it was probably supposed to be sarcastic. Right, well, I also, I don't know. He doesn't want to kill Darlis. He's obsessed with her. He thinks that she's, you know, sleeping around and he wants to, you know, he basically wants right. to put her in a gilded cage so nobody else can have her. Right. Uh, but then. He doesn't want to kill anybody because he tells Richard to turn around and all he does is right. pop him on the back of the head. Yeah, it's your sort of classic 80s, 90s, I'm a threat, but I'm a not, I'm not a threat bad guy. <laughs> yeah. It, um, it, they go out of their way to not shoot anyone. On right. This show. Right, for sure. And, uh. <laughs> But we're going to get to some action here in a little bit. Sure. Boy, is it poorly choreographed. Um, so, yeah, uh, where were we? Um, so, Rich chases after him in the Jeep. Um, Rich realizes that the... Um, oh, yeah, that's that's when he, in case you didn't realize, he's, like, driving the Jeep and he's like, Stupid! I let him right to him! <laughs> like, he's, like, mon- yeah, yeah. monologuing to the camera. Yeah, he um, finally realizes that he led Talbot to... Uh... Yeah. And this is where uh, Rich gets a flat. I mean, I don't know why he couldn't just get a flat. Like, again, I think uh, Canal here was just being a little too clever. And he's just like, ah, stupid pipeline stole my regular tires and put on some lame ones or bad tires. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't make so sense. So Rich gets a flat tire. He gets out of the car. He looks at the tire and he goes, these aren't my tires. How do you know this isn't your Jeep either, bro? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And then he gets too? even angrier when, like, he realized that he he stole the CD player or radio and swapped out like an inferior one. It's like, yeah, it's not your Jeep. If anything, he should be ha- he, the line he should be saying is, "Ha, oh boy, Kimba sure is gonna like this Jeep when she gets it back right, or something right. like that." It's like that'll show Kimba. And why does Kimba even have a Jeep? She doesn't look like she'd be the type to. Uh, I mean, I, I would say it belongs to the maintenance people that work on her yeah, mansion. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I guess we're to believe, Steve, that Richard went out to the Jeep, and the first thing he did was inspect the tires <laughs> to see what kind of brand tires they were and the condition of the tread. And why would Pipeline put on new tires? Even if they're right. inferior, you just take the tires, sell them, and be like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, man. So I Pipeline didn't... just happened to have a set of tires <laughs> that would fit this Jeep. <laughs> perfectly uh-huh. and fit it in such a way because i could understand if like the radius was like way smaller or something mm-hmm. and he was like oh these aren't my tires right. but you would have been able to tell that when your jeep was like five inches closer to the ground or something you know right so i don't know they, like it doesn't make any sense i mean and the thing is like if the show was a little bit more charming you could like write it off or whatever sure. yeah. but it's, it's just like what? yeah it's not over the top enough it's not right dramatic enough it's just sort of there um, yeah. <laughs> which, uh, yeah, that pretty much describes everything, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, so, 
Uh, Rich goes to Kimba's and asks for help, but Kimba's like, what do I care about some junkie? Because she's such a bitch, such a cold-hearted bitch. But, I mean, but this does sort of complete Richard's arc, even though you say he doesn't really go on much of a hero's journey. He does have one where he says that he'll sell, he sells his property to Kimba to get her to help Lisa. I mean, it's... Yeah, like, he he wants, like, a helicopter. Right, right. I mean, it's a long walk around the block, but it kind of works. Uh, yeah, because Kimba wants it for five hundred thousand. Right. He wants to sell it for a million. He says, "Fine, I'll sell it for five hundred thousand if you let me use a helicopter." Right. I mean, a woman's life. Uh, you can life... rent a helicopter for like ten thousand dollars. <laughs> and a woman's life is at stake here. I mean, I mean, Kimba must be. I mean, she just doesn't care yeah. about I mean, anyone. I, I, I guess the. I, I guess the thing is, like, Kimba would have probably given him the helicopter anyways because then she says kind of with a smile, oh, we're negotiating. But you are wasting precious time. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so and, she she saw a crisis and used it for an opportunity, basically. Like a millionaire would. But, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I will say uh, we have learned at this point that Kimba was helping her, uh, Richard's dad, a lot. Right, uh, right, right. sick in that last year. So we do learn that there's some redeeming qualities to her and that she at least legitimately loved and cared for Richard's dad. Sure. Which comes up later. Right, right. So Rich recruits Pipeline and his massive thugs, like the Samoan SWAT team, basically. Yeah, (laughs) this was like kind of like... I. I wasn't crazy about making all of them kind of like dumb lunkheads. Right. Yeah, it should have been like a mix of guys. You know, you, yeah. have, you have a couple of like bruisers. Then you have like the cut guy and then the knife guy. And uh, but uh, yeah, but they're all kind of played as like, I don't want to say like savages, but kind of borderline, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah, they're, like a little felt a little racist. Oh, for sure. They're basically the wild Samoans from the WWF. Yeah. <laughs> and, and hey, I have no problem with like you have one or two of them, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, dude, I mean. Who in their group of friends doesn't have one or two morons, right. you know? And sure, sure. Uh, so that's totally, like, fine or whatever. But you already kind of made, like, the head of them pipeline kind of like the sleazy guy, right, you know? Right, right, right. And I guess he's the brains <laughs> of the operation here. But uh, Right, right. I got Yeah, you. so pipeline says basically, like, yeah, we'll help you out if you uh, let me stay here. You give me this land. Yep. So art complete, Richard gives up everything to help uh, Lisa and her sister. But in the end, he gives up nothing. Right, right. We'll get there. Everything gets undercut later. Don't you worry. This is TV we're talking about here. Yeah, in the 90s especially. Yeah. Notch says Talbot has a rap sheet and tells him he lives on the other side of the island. Uh, Rich and his, uh, I put sumos. I mean, they basically are. Somehow they all manage to get in the helicopter, and this is one strong helicopter. big boys. Yeah, and they all get in there and cruise on over to Talbot's. Uh, they land, and uh, the, they basically you know, um, converge on this bad guy's compound. They just beat up all the guys in there uh, in some And poorly- when they land, Steve, the head bad guy says, by the way, the head bad guy is mad at Talbot mm-hmm. because he kidnapped Lisa, who's a famous, world-famous right. surfer. He's like, ugh. Why'd you do that? Like, you idiot. That's going to bring a bunch of attention. He's like, well, she was there. Uh, so, you know, she was in the way I had to bring her. Right. So Talbot's a moron. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, if anybody should be dating in this show, it should be Richard and Talbot. Right. Like, <laughs> they have got chemistry. Yeah. Richard isn't that much smarter than him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? But uh, anyways, the head of the bad guys says he doesn't find it weird that a helicopter landed on mm-hmm. his lawn. He just says, oh, go see what that guy wants. 
<laughs> See, like it's not a Jehovah's Witness but, coming to bring you the watchtower. Right. <laughs> Again, like, this is a very Magnum P.I. thing. They always had, like, helicopters and Magnum P.I. for some reason. So, well, because to get to, like, another point on the island, it can be difficult to drive there. Sure. Like. So, I mean, maybe it is. Maybe everyone's got helicopters in Hawaii. Like, I don't yeah. know. Uh, and, 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 I, and I don't know if Richard's... Uh, property is on the mainland or not sure uh, but, but at least they were on the same island it sounded like yeah, uh right. as the bad guy anyway anyway so yeah yeah they go there so there's this big fight scene between the uh the thug the the good thugs and the bad thugs um rich fights talbot pipeline and i have to admit this was kind of funny i mean i didn't like you know actually chuckle but i'm like ah that's moderately funny yeah. pipeline walks into the fray and goes straight to the fridge and grabs the beer and he, and he, yeah, and he's like so like casual about it. He's like Ooh, looking through the yeah. fridge while there's all this fighting going on around. Very him. cartoony, but uh, but I I liked it. It kind of worked. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was good. I thought yeah. it was good. And then again, there's a awkwardness where okay, so Rich is on the ground, having just been sort of like punched or whatever, or been in a fight, and then uh, Lisa, who's now saved, uh, and her sister, like sort of comes down and like comforts them. Now, Steve, can we talk about? I'm sorry to cut you off yet again. Uh, I've cut you off more time than people have gotten uh, taken their clothes off and on. At this episode, but, uh, please, please. This fight with Richard and Talbot. Oh, it's I mean, awful. The whole it's, the choreography all around is bad. Yeah, like Richard comes in, he has like a one liner where he's like, "Oh, let's see how good you are when," uh, and it was clearly dubbed over uh, the line. Let's see how good you are. Like he says it so quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see how good you are bef- uh, without my hands tied behind me. Right. Okay, right. so Richard punches him. Then Richard kind of jumps, t- punches Talbot. Talbot lands on the bed. Mm-hmm. Lisa's there on the bed, too. She's not tied up or anything, so she could be helping, but eh, she's not going to do that. Nah. Uh, then Richard kind of jumps on Talbot, but then doesn't do anything because Talbot is, like, slow to punch Richard here. Mm-hmm. And he and then Richard even kind of backs up to give Talbot the room to throw the punch. <sighs> Richard gets punched. He goes down, and Talbot grabs Lisa. He's like, let's get out of here. And then as soon as Talbot leaves the room, a one of the big, you know, Hawaiian uh, guy, thugs that Richard mm-hmm. hired says, like, where are you going? He's the one that knocks out Talbot. Finally. Yeah, it was very uh, kind of a lackluster ending. I mean, Rich should have been the one to get the upper hand in the end. Like, I mean, I don't know. I guess they wanted to give the win to the local boys. Like, I think they wanted to, like, have a little bit of comedy. Mm-hmm. They wanted to show that Richard realized... I, I kind of get what they were going for. Well, because like, you, yeah, as I said, I mean, this director, he's most known for comedies. Lisa comes to comfort Richard and Richard's like, hey, uh, I don't normally go down that quickly in a fight. Right. You know, he's like, but uh, hey, I guess I shouldn't really. And Richard says something to the effect of, I guess I shouldn't really be doing this. I'm not a P.I. or right. whatever. Like, yeah, she says yeah, it. Yeah. He's like, I'm just a carpenter. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're not so they make it. they make fun of their own premise, which I think is perfectly okay <laughs> i agree i agree it's fine and, and it's good because it shows that richard isn't like some badass which right it makes the fact that he's going to take up these marker cases like even more uh heroic right, right? so but they should have played that up more like he should yeah. have been like more sarcastic i would say like uh, there less we need we needed less of pipeline and more of Richard to be like the comedic anti-hero yeah. that would eventually you know learn to care about others. Um, you know what's missing is a scene or two where characters not named Richard are talking about him. 
and, and, and I mean, like, you could either have, like, Mochi or even Pipeline talking mm-hmm. to somebody, like, when Richard's not around because maybe they don't want him to hear, saying something like, you know what? Uh, you know, he's taking this up even though he, like, knows that he, like, doesn't have the skills for it. You know, that says a lot about it. Like, somebody saying that to his stepmom would have mm-hmm. been good. And that kind of makes her, like, you know, kind of rethink the way she looks at him. Right. I thought there was maybe a little something between Mooch and Kimba where that sort of happened. But, again, it, like, it wasn't played up enough. Like, as I said before, like, this is, it's not over the top enough. It's not, like, you know, subdued enough. It's just kind of (laughs) there. Yeah, like, it needed to, like, lean into the campiness, I think, a little bit more overall. Yeah, more more pulp, like, you know, like Briscoe County Jr. does, like, basically. Um, But, uh, oh, well. Uh, So, yeah, basically, and and Lisa says that Rich uh, saved them anyway, and they kiss. Uh, then we get basically the wrap-up scene. Once again, Richard's wearing pink. <laughs> He's wearing a pink shirt for some reason. Uh, you know, because before he was wearing that pink thing on his head. Uh, Kimba asks Rich to sell the property um, to like to basically finish the deal. And he says he can't because he sublet it to Pipeline. He's going to be sticking around. And if any of those markers show up, you just send them my way. That's what he says. Yep. And... Uh, and that's basically that. And uh, I guess there, there there is a scene here too with um, Richard and uh, Kimba, mm-hmm. where uh, you know he yeah he says he's going to stick around or whatever and mm-hmm. not sell the property, but and she's like we have a verbal agreement with the verbal contract witnessed by Taki or whatever. Right. And uh, way to put him in an awkward position right. by the way. Um, <laughs> but you know then he says like well that's going to look pretty bad if you um, uh, yeah. you know force your divorced uh, yeah. or, or your dead. Uh, husband's son to like uh, sell the property right she says she doesn't watch tv he says it would look bad on tv she yeah, says, yeah that I was watch tv that was weird it was real weird like there's other ways that people get their it's news. like she doesn't understand how uh, pr works yeah, yeah yeah like you know he could have and honestly like his line could have gone further right he could have said hey that's gonna look bad for you and the company mm-hmm. you know something to that effect or whatever right but uh he also says here's where he tells her and I, I do like this because it's part of his hero's journey. This is when he tells her, hey, I learned that you uh, really took great care of my dad. And maybe, you know, some of the things I thought about you, I was wrong about. And I apologize. Yeah. She yeah. doesn't apologize about shit. Right. But uh, he uh, he apologized. I, I, I have this weird feel, Like Richard Grieco and Gates McFadden play this up like kind of flirty every time they like argue. <laughs> oh, and I just feel like I don't know. Like, honestly, I I, I didn't when they, they their first scene together where they're like bickering. I didn't realize that that was like his stepmom. I thought they were gonna end up hooking up. <laughs> and at well, the end of this, I'm not so sure that had this continued going on for multiple seasons, <laughs> that we wouldn't have gotten a uh, hello stepmother porn. Oh, oh no! Oh man! Wow, well, that would have been progressive for the time. <laughs> progressive? <laughs> Regressive? Forward, forward, think. Uh, really. uh, something. Yeah. It was different. Yeah. It would have been different. Uh, yeah. So there's one more scene, and man, I swear, I think they were just vamping for time at this point. Um, so uh, basically, we're at the, um, the shack, the surf shack. Um, Pipeline says he put the tires and stereo back into Rich's Jeep, which is supposed to symbolize his hero's journey, if you will. Like, mm-hmm. um, and uh, 
Uh, basically, and then Rich uh, threatens Pipeline, tells him just to never do it again, and then he's telling him he's building a new place for him to live. Uh, and they sort of argue about where it should go. Um, and then we end once again with the creepy Super 8 millimeter black and white footage of Rich and his dad at a campfire. Rich says he loved his dad, and now he has to learn to live with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, uh... I... Very, very weird way to, uh... Thought he had his dad. I love him, and I guess now I have to live with it. It's not stage four leukemia you were diagnosed <laughs> with. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well said. Uh, well, uh, anything else before we uh, render our verdicts? No, but I, I, I no. Let's just render the verdict. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Yehel, marker number 239 Velasquez, uh, do you think that uh, marker should be uh, tossed into the black hole of obscurity never to be heard from again, or to be put in one of those TV history museums so we can all look back fondly on the, on the UPN network and its original launch? Man, I... You know, just based off this one episode, uh, I, I am a little torn as to what to say because if it like kind of you and I were like we were talking if it would just be a little bit campier lean into the comedy a little bit more there's there's like some potential here man mm-hmm. uh you know it's a pretty fun cast i know we talked about richard's lack of acting <laughs> but again if you leaned into like him being more sarcastic and funny i and you know especially with the cast you already have i think it could be something here but I don't remember how the rest of it goes and we're just going off this pilot i'm going to have to say no it should be toss into the bin of obscurity oh man i'm gonna uh, echo a lot of what you just said there like i i wanted to like it i really like the the locale um and the fact that it's sort of you know you know leaned into to surfing which is just stuff that i like to observe and fictionally <laughs> i would never surf yeah myself. you never surf right no no <laughs> and i never will um but, uh, uh, yeah, and then, you know, I wanted Richard Rico to be better. I just wanted it to be better. Over, I mean, it's a fun, you know, Magnum P.I. ripoff, um, but not fun enough. So, right. yes, it's, uh, I can see why there was only one season of this, and I doubt anyone is going to be doing a reboot of Marker anytime soon. So, therefore, it is... The Heathens have spoken. Uh, yeah, so one other thing I wanted to point out is, you know, Greco, uh, Richard, and Lisa are telling each other how they like each other, but I guess for whatever reason, I, I think because he wasn't going to stick around, even though he does end up sticking around, he says they can't be together. I, I, it was actually very hard to understand what he tells her, uh, but that's not the point. <laughs> the point is that her response is, uh, oh, a guy with morals. I didn't know that there were any of those left. And he replies with, oh, you should come to Jersey. Uh it, you know, you can stay as long as you want or something like that, like implying that there's like sweet guys in Jersey, yeah. which uh, Jersey Shore would uh, have something. <laughs> but I'm just, I, even in the 90s, was it, I don't think like Jersey was known for its, it's great uh, yeah, guys. Stalwart, um, yeah, guys who are caring and loving. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, I was looking up reviews of uh, like old reviews from the time of mm-hmm. Marker. I could only find a couple. They weren't very complimentary, but uh, the funny thing is I found one that talks about The Watcher. Oh. And I didn't realize that The Watcher 
stars Sir Mix-a-Lot. Whoa. Of I like Big Butts fame. Oh, my God. Wow. I'm not even done. Listen to this. He plays a jive-talking host to this Las Vegas set anthology series. Oh, wow. Tracking all sorts of goings-ons from a high-tech, high-rise control room with monitors hooked up to every nook and cranny in the city. Wow. Oh, so it's like Tales from the what? Crypt, basically. But why is he a gigolo? <laughs> well, I think maybe uh, he's not the gigolo. He's the watcher. Oh, that episode yeah. is about a right, gigolo. Right, right, And this is his last sed- Oh, maybe there's like a murder. Okay, we, we, we're going to have oh, yeah. this, to uh, uh, this watch awesome. this at, at some point. Uh, yeah, all right, yeah. before we go here, I just want to tell everyone that I now have physical copies of my comic book, Escape to Earth. Yes, I'm excited, Here, man. Uh, so if you backed, your um, stuff will be in the mail soon. And if you didn't back, I've got a whole bunch of copies that I'd love to sell you. So just uh, contact uh, us on at Reptilian Media Twitter. And um, oh, and let us know what you think about Marker. You can watch the first episode right there on YouTube. I think it's also on, uh, I think I saw it. Yeah, it's on Tubi. yeah, as well. Um, I don't know. I yeah. guess all the... The version uploaded to YouTube, uh, it's pretty good. It was uploaded by Shout Factory. Uh, Shout Factory is a company that they sell, like, Blu-rays and DVDs of uh, kind of series like this Obscure that are forgotten. Stuff. So, like, they yeah. actually have... Yeah. So, they actually do have the license for it. So, the footage is pretty mm-hmm. good. Uh, there were a couple times where, like, the video got yeah, a little choppy here and weird. there. Yeah. The yeah. frame rate. So, it might be better on mm-hmm. Tubi. Uh so, and to be I mean, sweet, when you're watching so. Marker, you want the pristine cinematic experience. Yes. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Steve, is it true that uh, copies of Escape to Earth can be later redeemed for favors from you at any time in the future? Sure. I mean, um, you know, I mean, only if it requires like helping someone. Uh, you know, nothing. Um, I don't want anyone want to be anyone's last seduction or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, all right. Uh, join us next week. Uh, are we going to talk about another UPN show? You think? Uh, we might have to talk about uh, this uh, Watcher show. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. All right. right. So tune in so next mixing. week as we remember uh, another UPN show uh, only on uh, Obscurity Now. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity Obscurity Now. Now.